0: It all goes. You know, that's the uh, thing about death is that it uh, comes for everyone. And it, um, you know, as I, it doesn't really take uh, too long to, uh, hey, I'm, yeah, I got some, yeah, the funny thing about me now is I can't handle any injuries. <laughs> but it comes, uh, you know, to people prematurely it uh it it hits people um you know when they least expect it it can be slow moving and gonna kind of take out one organ one internal organ at a time or be like a, a a metastasizing cancer or some kind of thing that uh grows as you know you you definitely know you're approaching death you there's there's no well, there are some people. I remember there was this one guy. Just had a, a memory of it. He was a a riding instructor at this uh, workshop that I was at, and um, he's kind of an old school guy. You know, probably about fifteen years older than everybody else. You know, old guy. And he was playing. They were playing, um, I guess, uh, water volleyball in the pool at this resort in Maui. As was, uh, you know, some kind of event. And, um, you know, pretty nice kind of, you know, beach and, and writing and supposedly meeting agents and getting your wonderful career off the ground, which that's not the way to do it, by the way. <laughs> Take it from me and save yourself time and money and effort. And, you know, Maui's not that great. Okay, but anyway, so he had a uh, heart attack in the pool. Just unexpected heart attack. He must have been around 70, I guess. So he had an unexpected heart attack. It's very strenuous water, water volleyball. I mean, you have to really move through the water and then jump up and get the ball and, you know, and, and, you know, set the ball back up and spike the ball and then defend against that. And, you know, it's a lot of running around in the water. Anyway, and then he had to be, uh, I think he had to be airlifted out as the the hospital was on the other side of the, uh, yeah, the hospital that he needed to go to was on the other side of the island, more on the airport side or the the windward side. And uh, they even put out a t-shirt that, you know, I survived the whatever so-and-so, you know, they they kind of made fun of it. I survived whatever, the whatever, the the falling down of this guy or whatever they were doing and organizing this, uh, this workshop that eventually went, it went bankrupt and it was completely corrupt anyway. When I say that, I mean, it was just like, they would have, you know, all their buddies out there and, and, you know, it was like, you know, they have their star celebrities like Jack Canfield, the chicken soup for this soul guy. And. Other people and you know big New York agents, and all they want to do is schmooze with each other. And then the the, the people that paid for it, who are just trying to, you know, do something with their lives. To hell with them. <laughs> anyway, it's a terribly toxic environment. Not surprised he had a heart attack. He had a heart attack because of the people around him, the people at the stupid table during his seminar. The people that you know were listening at his lecture and what he's you know telling people blah 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 blah, I think I was writing uh i you know it was a kind of a false start for me. I was writing something that I just dropped it had to do with surfing and uh um had to do with San Diego set in San Diego, and it was about you know these old guys looking for redemption, you know getting drunk on the cliff they used to be the young surfers out there and now they're. They bring down their bottle, you know, their beer and their little flask of the, you know, the good stuff. So, you you know, take a couple of swigs of that and then wash it down with your beer and and for the sunset, right? Life is good, but I mean, it's sad. It's it's really sad. And, um, anyway, so this guy, sorry to digress there. This guy, um. I just forget his name now. I really can't remember his name. He was a published author. Not n- not anyone really to- terribly famous, you know what I mean? He was kind of a, you know, mid-level guy. Like, the, a lot of the people that were, like, instructors that were, like, they, they published romance novels, they published mysteries, and they, you know, you'd know them if you're in that kind of genre looking for that kind of material, but you wouldn't know them on the world stage necessarily, you know? And so uh, for them, it was a great opportunity to schmooze with, uh, have access to these uh, agents and and uh, you know Hollywood producers and and all all this bullshit is unreal, just a complete sham, fake everything. Um, anyway, I like this guy and he, but they made this big deal out of it. Like I, I think what I sensed from all of them with that making that T-shirt afterwards is that they were all afraid of death. They didn't want to acknowledge this guy had a serious problem and a heart attack to boot and all that and, and they're they're saying they survived it. You know what I mean? It was just like um like like they were <laughs> almost as if they were inconvenienced by his heart attack. You know what I mean? Like they just don't want to be, you know, anywhere where something like that occurs, but that occurs to people. When they get old they can they they can be on at a resort you know, in Maui, they can be on a cruise. They can be anywhere that you know. You would the last thing you'd want. They can be seventy years old watching the the Wimbledon or something. You know, and just boom, go right down right in front of everybody. Yeah, it's so embarrassing to die in front of everybody. Oh, that's awful. You know, uh, they want you to have sex in front of everybody when you're like a right the the pedo the pedophiles all want you to. You know, they want you to put it out there. But when it comes to dying, they don't want to see that unless they cause it. You know, so that's the that's the satanic aspect of the uh, the rulers of the world. And I, I pose a question in the beginning, um, you know, in the title, which is, are they omnipotent? Because now we have the what do we have on Trump? We got like three indictments. And, you know, I, I did a little pot on Substack saying, I want the war. You know, I mean, I am just was so angry to see how that's going. What I'm angry about is I'm angry that, you know, I see this dumb shit idiot, Van Jones. Do you know who he is? He's this, uh, I don't know, I guess now now communist, you know what I mean? But he's just laughing. He's giddy about it. He's enjoying the uh, the the show where they're, they're talking about executing Trump. And again, nothing ever, there was no law ever broken. And, you know, they, they took a guy, uh, you know, other people, you know, old ladies who are walking around in the Capitol, they put them in jail. These are disgusting fucking monsters. You can't allow these people to exist and in, in, run things in your country. You will be killed next. I don't think we're going to get a, a shot at fight. They're already calling for the COVID masks. Can't you, can't we do anything? I mean, is it just going to be silence? And please don't pick on me and cowardice the whole way. Don't you feel embarrassed to die as a coward? I mean, just the the, the basic human dignity. Doesn't that exist anymore? If it doesn't, then we ought to just wipe out everybody. You know, they ought to just nuke the whole thing and kill everybody and and start over because it's all gone bad. No dignity, no honor of life, no intellect. I mean, we know the intellect's been gone for 30 years. You know, you just, all you got to do is look at our culture, look at the books, look at the movie. I looked at a book the other day by Harlan Coben, who's, you know, supposedly a great writer, right? They make movies out of his books. So because of my reading habits, they recommended this book about this guy that's really rich and, um, you know, and his interaction with his family and some kind of mystery of a mi- missing painting that they're looking for, and it's kind of intriguing. But it's it's just so fake, and I just think, you know, if you're Harlan Coben, aren't you embarrassed, Coben, to write such shit? Such utter bullshit? And no one's going to believe this character that he's writing. I mean, it's only people that get off on, like, you know, uh, cruise porn. You know, cruise porn used to be like, um, you know, the novelists of the day in the 70s, you know, would write, uh, well, you know who they were back in those days, you know, Judith Krantz, you know, people like that. And they, you know, would write these, you know, would get into all the detail on sex. So that, so, you know, back in those days, so the women are on the cruise, they were all reading these books that get heavily into porn. You know, they're, they're pornographic, but it's safe porn. You know, it's, it's like Judith Krantz and there's this big New York Times bestseller and they're on the, you know, the chaise lounge on the cruise, just reading away, it, you know, it just their mind going wild with fantasies of, uh, you know, what might happen on that cruise. And, um, you know, that was the legal thing. And then now, of course, everything is just out, out, and out, out. But at that time, it was really kind of funny looking back on it. So these writers would just, like, you know, cater, you know, writing vapid characters, airheads, you know, just you know, glib nonsense. And, um, you, you know, just... Uh, you know, uh, just kind of like an excuse for either the the men would write, you know, the murder mystery type of, you know, the thriller murders. And they were, you know, a lot of them never made it to the screen. And that's because they were just so riddled with cliches. And that's like Harlan Coben. He's just, you know, it's just he takes on this character and there's just no way that it feel like when you're reading, it doesn't feel real and so it's like it's just like mental masturbation why am i reading this thing you know what, what what to occupy me for to to occupy my mind for 15 minutes here so i don't go crazy um you know and and um it, it you know really embarrassing since he's a multimillionaire from writing you know so it's 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 uh so you get an idea of our system, our society, and what they want. I was just th- thinking, you know, I was comparing my writing to his, and I was like, God, it's so much more raw. It's so much more, you know, deep down in you kind of thing. That's the way I write. You know, it's like, oh shit, you know, it's it's uh, in your face, you know. But this this guy, he's doing like, it's like I guess it's like one big Game of Thrones novel. You know, Game of Thrones intrigue. You know, murders. Whatever, but it's never really that deep, you know what I mean? It never touches you. You're watching and you get all caught up in the. It's like a you know, a soap opera and i don't know i I don't know if I can take it anymore, and they're talking about this painting and they're 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 glorifying how great it was to be rich and um i i I don't know what kind of background Coben had, but it probably wasn't being rich. you know it's his idea of what it would be like to be a you know a rich you know s o b And, um, you know, not just a snob, but somebody that's also savvy and intelligent and, you know, and and, and appreciative of that life. And I'm just saying that, well, what he's not writing is all the abuse and all the shit and all the trauma and all the real stuff that goes on uh, to maintain a lifestyle like that. Where's that? It's nowhere because the guy's a freaking liar. I mean, he's a liar within his art of lying. And so, I, you know, I picked up, a, you know, a Michael Connelly book after that. And the same thing, and I, you know, just not, not believable. And, um, yeah, this is probably Hollywood doing too many of these books is why they're in trouble. I think the last decent book that I had encountered, I mean, I, I hate to go all the way back to Brett Easton Ellis, but I think we have to go back to almost like less than zero in the 80s. Right. He was a literary phenom, you know, for a while and uh, sort of the, you know, he also wrote American uh, Psycho, American Psycho that had uh, Christian Bale in it. And it was was really a book. And um, it it felt kind of real, the writing he was doing. And then and then as he got more attention, it, it, it became more shallow. You know, now he's like a, you know, a political commentator, I guess, on the left you know, West Hollywood, you know, he started off bi and now he's gay, <laughs> so, you know, whatever. And it's just, you know, he's caught up in the whole politics of that. And that's basically, hate Trump, you know, I, I th- I've, I you know, I'm, I I haven't kept up with it. You know, I, I got bored and moved on. But um, so I'm looking for things to, to read. I mean, I'd have to go back to, you know. I'd have to go back to novels of the 50s and, you know, and and beyond that to get, you know, the real stuff. If I go look at films of the past, like, say, if I take Orson Welles' The Magnificent Ambersons, to try to get at the underbelly of what's going on, or even Citizen Kane, for that matter. A whole, a whole other thing that, that gets, you know, I'd take anything by Kubrick in terms of getting deep in there with the shocking truth, you know. The Shocking Truth. Isn't that why fiction is really not fiction for us? Fiction is truth. That's why we read it. Not it's a, it's a vehicle for so-and-so to be an actor or something. It's, it's really, it's about truth. It's about, you know, taking that snapshot of where we're at right now with some characters that are plausible and, and going, oh, yeah, I can, you know, having that conversation with the reader you know, having that, uh, that interaction, these guys, it's, it's all them, you know, on the stage looks like AI is writing it and they're, you know, and you know, they, they're doling it out to the little people who we don't, you know, they don't, they could care less whether anyone reads it or not. And, and you know, I, that's what happened to publishing. Yours truly was kicked out of, uh, even a self-publishing, I mean, they, they don't don't want me anywhere near them, you know, even to self-publishing, uh, I asked uh, Book Baby, which is, was an offshoot of CD Baby, and it's, you know, books for for publishers that, that you know, the, for losers who can't seem to get a publishing deal, they can go there and pay them to put it out, you know, and, and no one's going to respect it, but you can go ahead and pay, you know, 10 grand before you get done, and... My suggestion is you would write it in a format where you could convert it to a book yourself, do the galleys yourself, get it proofed to yourself, and put it out there so that you you, and you alone get any kind of uh, money for for your efforts. And you can do that with with Apple. You can do that with, um, you know, you don't even have to buy any software. You can just have a, you know, I like to write on the MacBook Air. That's the best writing computer, in, in my opinion, that there is. And, um, you can, you can use pages and they have templates that are just like, you can go right to book, you can go right to publishing from that and then publish it and put it out there and, you know, see if you can get paid. The other thing I like is like things like Substack, although that we had a, you know, kind of a close call the other day with, uh, I don't know what, some kind of like weird psychic interference, but now what I've done. To my book is I've consolidated all those chapters. I've rewritten the first eight chapters, and and getting I'm, I'm the stage is set for moving on to the next next the next quarter, which will be another eight chapters, let's say, to get to the halfway point. And um, it's a long distance run, but I'm kind of committed to it because of the incredible hypocrisy and. Uh, devolution of the medical um the medical joke the medical clown world that you know and the problem is is it's it's killing people right and left you know murdering just murdering outright murdering people and now they're trying to pressure me to get some to get the uh you know the vaccines you know they want me to get a, a pneumonia vaccine and you know that if if that was really a legit thing that'd probably be a good thing for me because i got issues lung issues but uh also um you know they want to know if you've had your COVID shot and they want to know if you've you know if you smoke pot do you have guns are those guns locked up i mean what business of that is theirs what the fuck do they have any right to to ask me a question like that none but now they're starting up with a mask again and i hear people are calling for masks i saw a guy in a um, Story yesterday and you know there he was you know at the checkout counter with his mask <laughs> be the first you know young man I'm like what are you dumb stupid what's the matter with you I just hated to see that yeah. but I have a feeling that you know these really seriously it, don't you see why they want to get rid of the people Really, what good are they? Nothing. They contribute nothing. They do nothing. They can only just do what they're told. And, and you know, the, 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 the what they're told is obsolete because those jobs have dried up. So now they're just, you know, you've noticed, right, we're in a depression right now. I mean, they're calling it the bull market of this. It, it, everyone's making money. No, no one's making money right now. And um, because they're cutting it off and they're going to replace the... Uh, Biden is going to go ahead and replace it. Don't, don't get, get me wrong. It's not, it's Biden who is replacing the dollar. And then everyone's really going to be screwed. And that's going to be the end of it. And um, they're doing it to you. Don't you have any response? None. Are you like Van Jones? Uh, 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 you know, just like knee time, whenever anyone calls or, you know, jump, how high, you know? Jump, Van. Here, dance, Van, and dance, Van, Dance. That's all you're good for. Zero intellectual capacity. None. He went from, he atrophied. He used to be intelligent. And again, it's the same story. Dumb people cause murderers. Is it the guy that pulls the trigger or the dumb shits that are in your way, that are just there, sitting there, you know, wanting to, to, to participate in the next lockdown which will be launched by Bill Gates and he claims that this time it'll really get your attention and he's already taken responsibility for it but no one does anything people just sit there doing nothing what happened to the days of sacrifice where someone would say you know we haven't even had you've had no, no abortion shootings <laughs> you know what I mean what happened to those guys oh they all work for the feds those are all false flags oh so people have always been cowards here. The home of the... God, you know, nothing worse than cowards that like to lose. They want to lose. They want to lose. So that's why I don't take people seriously when I, you know, are people in the hospital, you know, the staff and whatnot. You know, the, the most, I don't know, robotoid group of people I've ever seen. I I give them too much credit by saying that the nurses are all witches because, I mean, they're witches in the hive and all that, but I mean, don't get me wrong. They're robots. They're like cyborgs. They, they just take orders and you know what I mean? And then, oh you didn't wash your hands with that Purell thing. They're only posted every six feet. There's a Purell dispenser. And it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, we went into the, uh, I had to go into the, they have to check my medication. I had to go into this, uh, you know, like, uh, it was a medication waiting room for, 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 you know, the pharmacist nurse and, um, right there, right where you check in, there's another Purell dispenser, right? And, and when you go in there, they have it so the door opens on its own. You don't have to touch the door. So they're all set for the COVID, you know what I mean? They're all set to to start, you know, intubating and killing. Because remember, they're going to get paid. They might get paid more than 50 grand. Because, I mean, if you can keep that body going, you've got, you know, you've got kidneys, which are in high demand. You've got livers. You've got all kinds of stuff that you can get, you know, if you get it fast enough and get it on the truck out of there to the market. And these hospitals, you know, are making money hand over fist. By murdering people. And or, you know, the biggest cause of death in America is misdiag- is hospitals that misdiagnose. And when I went in there, they gave me a diagnosis of, uh, you know, like 15 things that were wrong with me. One being said, well, you're a diabetic because uh, I had a high, a high sugar then. And then, as it turns out, I'm actually hypoglycemic. And so they had to pull the... Uh, the medication they wanted to put me on metforin, which is a horrible drug and and uh, you know to and, and insulin to, and you don't want to inject yourself with insulin if you can help it because um, eventually your body uh, sloughs that off, and it would take more and more insulin to bring your sugar down but then it turned out that my after i'd eat you know my sugar would go to you know say one twenty six if you know the scale. And it would come d- back down to like 63 at night. You know, so there'd be these humps like camel humps, but it never went up to like 190, 200. You know. So you go, I think you're borderline diabetic. Well, you can be hypoglycemic with, with you know, sugar spikes that are, that are double, what they, double what your number is when you eat. And then over the course of a couple hours, it, it drops back down again. And, um, and, that's, and that's normal for all people but they consider that to be diabetic. You know, if if you read the chart, if if a guy is like around 70, you know, it's like, I think the the, the range is between 60 and 90, or 60 and 100, let's say. So if you're at 70, and then below that 60, you're in hypoglycemic land. So let's say you're at 70, 72, which is perfect. And then you just have a meal. Let's say you have, um, you know, a low carb meal. Let's say you have like steak, and which I don't recommend for your kidneys, but mean, you know, you have steak and and, and, and uh, a salad, right? It shouldn't spike in, but then it goes up to like one twenty six. Well, it won't be there long. If going if it if it doubles, it goes up to like one twenty four to one twenty six, and then back down again. That's normal. So if you go in to get your blood test for your A one C and um you've eaten uh, breakfast, let's say, an hour earlier, and it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna spike in around one twenty five, one thirty, and and if you have things like pancakes and stuff like that, it's gonna be, you know, more. And then uh, you know, they're they're that that, you know, they're not going to follow you around every hour to take your blood glucose to find out what the average is hour by hour, which is what you should do to figure out if someone's diabetic or not. You're not just a simple blood test, but there should be glucose tests. There should be all kinds of tests to see if that pancreas is working. And, and the thing is, you don't want it to overwork. They say, well, the biggest, the biggest issue with weight loss and metabolism is insulin resistance, and I, I I don't think it is insulin resistance. I I think it's it's got to do with uh, just unhealthy eating. Because I've had like sweet juices and you know and pasta and things like that. It hasn't bumped my blood sugar much. I've had protein in it, and then it did. So so much for the low carb theory. Anyway, there's a lot to learn about all this. And um, they don't know it. They just label you because they want to put you on a drug. So I do believe I will sustain that novel to the next, at least to the halfway point, and hopefully I can make it all the way home. It's a long haul. You know, most people take a year to write a book, so it's a long haul. But I think I'm so motivated because of um, the atrocities and the, and the lack of science real real lack of science i mean- real, just just horrifying this is like these people that are in the hospital they these nurses and the and some of these doctors they couldn't pass high school biology they they wouldn't be able to they they couldn't tell you what the num you know so well, I took it upon myself to keep my uh, numbers and so I get my my glucose every hour on the hour i mean every half hour for twenty four hours. 24 hours a day in and out. So I can check it for the entire week and show where, and then you you look at the graph and you get the graph of where it, where it spikes up and you say, well, that's not a spike. If it goes up like a camel hump, that's when you, obviously when you eat a meal, then it comes back down, then it goes up, then it comes back down. And that's like the normal level of processing. Well, it doesn't matter. They just want that excuse to, you know, you know they were trying to give me insulin in the hospital I said, and eventually I just you know threw it away and then they and then they apologized i mean they, they repented and took back their medication so see the, the you know this is just the you know and I knew that was bad you know you need you need the hospital for you know to save your life, probably you know what I mean, and infusions like the antibiotics and You know some of the things they can do, but then, but then, see, then they start trying to diagnose. You know, then they start going overboard. Um, uh, that doesn't mean that some of the things, some of the warning things that you see are, you know, are like okay, so you're going to have to be careful in this area or that area. You know, as you get older, you're probably you know going to have to um, really watch it. You know, what you, especially what you put in your mouth because that's going to determine your life. You know, and since the soils are all ruined, you know, all your produce is ruined, everything all your meats ruined. So the only thing you can really do is try to get some nourishment out of that but then take lots of supplements to try to to keep the the ship afloat. And it's going to be a balancing act, you know, to to get to how old do you want to be? 75, 80 right? So if you want to live to be 75 or 80, you'd have to kind of play heads up. You also have to play injured because something's going to be wrong where, you know, who knows what it'll be. It could be a stroke, could be a heart attack, could be something where you're, you know, limited and um, you're not where you were 20, 30 years ago, right? So you've got to make up your mind. It's a mental game. You've got to make up your mind. Okay, despite being crippled in this way, I'm I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to live with that. Make a game out of it. You know, make a make a thing out of it like it's cool. Accept it and then I'm going to do the best I can. You know, given my limitation because of age. Nobody expects a, a guy 73 years old to be running the Boston Marathon you know what i mean but you know you could be there and you could walk along i suppose you know that doesn't have to keep you out of things it's just it just you got to realize that people in this country don't want they're uh, they're afraid of old people because especially in who are in wheelchairs or in you know having problems or on a you know like um whatever the the problem may be they 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 just sense a, a sickness or some kind of a um I usually get queasy when I know someone that was a, a paraplegic with the legs gone, and they had a colostomy bag for their for their waist, uh, you know, that they'd have to empty, and they, you know, or you know, you kind of like take an arms distance, to, you know, they're in a wheelchair, and you 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 know, rather than you know, hey, the the person's uh, got a great personality, and they're they're um, you know, they're 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 they're, they're doing uh, the best they can given that situation. And they're not complaining, and they're moving on with their lives uh, in that uh, limited capacity. But people see they distance themselves when you like if someone has cancer, that people distance themselves. You don't hear from them, and um, or like problems like what I had in the hospital. You know, they distance themselves. I don't notice this, and I think this is the the reason is because as a society. We don't acknowledge death, in other words, someone's about to die that we 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 want to take them over to the hospital to die rather than have them die at home with the loved ones around that's just it's kind of a concept that doesn't really seem to to be relevant anymore and I certainly <clears throat> you know I can't think of a more to, you know a worse place to be than in in a hospital room with you know Hooked up to machines with people that don't give a flying. You know what about you? You know I'd rather be, but but you know what what who's going to be gathering around the bed? You know no one. Our society is completely separated. The individuals act like they're a junta here and there. You know what I mean? Like the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, they act like they're together. They have this common thing. Well, we hate Trump, so they. They have some kind of bond. But but uh, that that still that same theory applies. Any one of them gets sick, then the whole group distances themselves. They're not going to keep up with that person that's now in the wheelchair. And um, you know, so so this is something that um, you know, it's an unfortunate development that uh people are afraid of the sick and afraid of the dead, so they stuff them into hospitals, you know. And hospitals is where a lot of people that had respiratory problems during those, you know, during these uh, viruses. And I remember I had one that, you know, back in you know, 2012 or whatever it was, and, or, or before that, and um, it w- I was not contagious. So it wasn't a regular virus. It was not contagious in any way, shape, or form. And yet I was having tremendous respiratory problems to the point where I could almost not breathe. It was that same year that I think Alex Jones lost his uncle. He went to the hospital. He died. Everyone that went to the hospital ended up dead. Yeah. And so I didn't go to the hospital, and I barely squeaked by, but I made it. That doesn't mean I'll make it next time, but I don't really care. You know, if I don't make it, I'll make it. I just, you know, make it because of Trish and, you know, uh, friends. Uh, you know that, that that you know you don't want to leave prematurely. If there's any hope that you can be around, then you try to. But Again, you're facing a tremendous backlash from the government and from the, the medical system that, that just wants to pump you up full of drugs and then you, you know, stfu. They don't want to hear from you on your symptoms and they don't want to hear from you about your, 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 your problems. They don't want to hear how you're doing on the medication. They just don't want to hear anything from you. You just shut up and take your meds and 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 be a good boy or girl and get your get your vaccine. And I predict that there'll be a time this next round of Bill Gates, Bill Gates takes America to hell, takes every American to hell, and America does not complain. They just go to hell, uh, you know, complete losers and cowards. And um, they they praise Bill Gates while they're going to hell while they're being tortured. While they're losing their lives, they're giving a high, high praise to Mr. Gates, who's not a doctor, has had no training, uh, and, um, you know, and, and, and it just likes to play around like in the sandbox and come up with innovative ideas, but he has the money to get like MIT and the military and the DOD and the DARPA and everybody to go along with it, you know, like blocking out the sun, you know, uh. Chemtrails, you know, geoengineering, viruses, malaria is another one he wants to spread around with the mosquitoes, with fake mosquitoes. Um, so, so he's a, a criminal against these crimes against humanity, and he's given a boost while people die. You know how many people are dead right now? No, 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 they're dead with the complete consent of the the people. The people have consented to Fauci's murders. The people have consented to the next round of COVID and more murders. And COVID's a real thing, you know, I mean, it does kill people. I think I had the precursor of it way back, you know, way back when. I I had, I, I probably had COVID and that was like a COVID test run. Okay. So what do you do? Well, you know, I got to, I got to break away to this other thing that I, that I saw last night. I was sick to my stomach last night. I watched the Jesus revolution and I just about, have you seen it? It's streaming. I think it's free. you got to see it. It's the story of uh, good old Chucky e. Smith. And they had the same tent revival thing that I went to down in, you know, down in Costa Mesa. It was all kind of hatched in Newport Beach, you know. Really nice place. Newport Beach, Laguna Beach, Huntington Beach, that whole area down there is, you know, really just a, a great, uh, used to be a great playground. So anyway, uh the, Kelsey Grammer played Chuck Smith. Not not really a likeness. And the Jesus guy, I forget his name, uh something roomy or whatever, he played uh, you know, um Lonnie Frisbee, who was the uh the hippie that uh he was a hippie guy that Chuck Smith made contact with and then opened his Opened his heart to the hippies. He wanted to save the hippies, so they started like baptizing everyone down in Pirates Cove, which is uh, um, right at um, uh, Corona Del Mar, which is just south of Newport Beach. And then south of that is the Newport Coast and uh, Crystal Cove, and then and then Laguna after that. Beautiful area. That's one of my favorites. I, you know, I'm just banned banned. (laughs) But, um, you know, everything I had said about Chuck, I didn't, I wasn't strong enough. I tried to save people from this Chuck Smith guy. And, um, I went to the tent revive. I mean, i at least know what I'm talking about. I went down there and it was dead as a doornail. And it was the same exact thing they have in the movie, the exact same tent structure, only there were even more people than they showed in the movie. There was a lot more people. They didn't have enough extras. And the tent was bigger back then. And then they had a stage, and I I went up to the stage. I, I did the altar call, the whole bit. And they gave me all these, like, phone numbers, these 800 numbers, this whole packet full of people to call the, who will supposedly pray with me, but what they're really trying to do is reel me in to the system. And, um, you know, that was the whole thing. It was a recruiting job, the tent revivals. And then they had this whole, like, you know, this Jesus movement of Greg Lurie. It's funny. Greg and I have sort of, you know, crossed each other's paths at, without him knowing it, like in Maui, when I got a rental car there, Um and it was all his info he left in the glove compartment <laughs> so you know that i just felt there's some kind of weird connection between me and laurie i'm not sure exactly what it is but uh he's the guy that has the harvest uh group the harvest crusades and um you know he he had one he'll, he'll have them and um uh, he was sent to a, from well his home was uh newport beach and then he was sent to um riverside california you know inland you know the inland empire you know the the gateway to palm springs he was sent there to with a church that chuck smith bought and just gave it to him and then he from there he launched his uh, harvest crusades which we he'd fill up like dodger stadium and fill up like the angel stadium and uh you know just have uh i used to watch quite a bit, you know, with those big crusades with with Laurie there in the center of everything and all the, you know, famous Christian musicians playing. It was Chuck Smith that really started that that, that Christian music scene was the, the early beginnings of it were there, but it, make no mistake, it's the same as the Hollywood scene. Same producers, same everything. Same engineers, same studios. Same thing, <laughs> you know, I was like... Oh well, you see, the wheat and the tares will grow together. Well, yeah, but this wasn't growing together. This is like when in Rome, you know. So, um, so there they are, you know, and they're they're you know they're 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 playing their music. I eventually went, you know, I, I eventually I, I fell into that trap of Christian music, and then eventually I just, I just you know, threw all the CDs in the garbage. And, uh, you know, went back to my uh, roots, you know, blues rock and, you know, overlooked the satanic, uh, you know, underpinnings. I'd rather be deceived by, you know, Jimi Hendrix, who I know is fooling around with the devil, you know, and voodoo and all that. I'd rather be deceived by him. I'm not really deceived. I understand what he's up to, you know, or Jim Morrison, you know what I mean, where he's telling God to F off and stuff, than these people talking to me about Jesus, and you know why that is? Because they're not going to let you in there. They hate your fucking guts. You know why? Because they're completely one and the same of the system of the beast. There's no separation whatsoever with these people. And you know, proving that, um, you know, and then I told you about the the the, the, the attempted kidnapping. You know, and one guy who was, you know, quarterbacking it uh, was from Costa Mesa. He was like uh, Chuck Smith's eyes and ears. So Chuck was, was running it. And they have muscle, Calvary Chapel. And it's, it's the most, you know, people say, I've gone to Calvary Chapel. I don't see anything you see. And I was like, well, how about this one? We, what are the odds on this? We have, a, again, I'll say the story for the fifth time. We have a friend that's uh, you know um, uh, living on Chuck Smith, on land that was given to Chuck Smith as a, as a gift. It's worth $5 million. It's only worth money if you develop it into like condos or something and sell them. So, uh, but the guy that gave the land to Chuck Smith did not have the free and clear deed. So our friend who lived there, Would he'd come over occasionally. I eventually gave him my motorcycle because he's such a great motorcycle fan. And and I had had enough. You know, I realized that uh, I wanted the motorcycle to go to a good home because I, I really babied it and cared for it and upgraded it and, you know, customized it and made it really cool. So, but I just realized that um, if I keep on going, I'll be, you know, will be like a bug on someone's windshield. So... Uh, he was the Gerard was the Gerard. Okay, he was,
1: was the caretaker.
0: He was the caretaker on this land. I mean, what are the odds that he brought over the Chuck Smith books and gave them to us? You know, and he wanted us to get involved in the Chuck Smith ministry. And he was, and he was saying, "Well, what's the next step?" And I said, "The next step is they want us to become members." <laughs> and he goes, "Well." And I go well, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of the Jesus doctrine of, you know, of the the Bible doctrine of, you know, separation. You can become, you know, brothers and sisters on a, on the same path, but this idea of, you know, a hive mind kind of, you know, coalescing, you know, members. That's the kind of smacks of the world, doesn't it? And he goes, you know, and he and he was, you know, he goes, you know, your ass and your head aren't really wired together, right? Are they? And I said, no, they're not. I'm a very peculiar person. You know, I had my circumstances coming up, and this is where I wound up, and I gave my best effort to surviving and to, to, to being nice to people, but they didn't return that. And he just said, well, that's, you know, you keep on, that's a good way to get killed. I said, so I should go to Calvary Chapel for shelter? What does that make them? And he goes, well, I know. It's It's fake. And you're on the land. And Chuck Smith, uh, he was given the deed, but the deed wasn't clear. The guy still owed money on that land when he gave it to good old Chuck. And he told me all about it. He had all these lawyers that kept coming out there to the caretaker's house and meeting. And um, basically, they decided to take the land and develop condos on it because Chuck was a businessman. You know, he, uh, you know, one of the things he did was real estate development. He would buy properties he was wealthy, he was powerful, he had muscle, he had henchmen down there in Costa Mesa. So if anything started going awry with Calvary Chapel, you'd be hearing from them. And he had a team of lawyers, too. And so I I don't know what what happened in court, like the end, end all and be all. I just know that our friend was the caretaker there and that they had planned to you know, to, they 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 felt it was legitimate that they have the land, and they were, and he showed us plans for the condos. So they already had plans drawn, and Chuck was going to make uh, he was going to make you know between five and ten million uh, profit. That that's what you're dealing with, okay? Now a guy like that, of course, he's he's going to be part of society, part of the system. And he always was. He never made any bones about that. He was a pastor and but he was also a businessman and he was in the community. You know, completely con- conformed to that community. Um, you know, brought up a certain way to to, to uh to be able to um I guess people had brought up to kind of look the other way on the satanic corruption and pretend that that their soul is not in jeopardy and then become self righteous. But I'm only going on the fact that there was, you know, that the, the guy was threatening to us and, um, you know, and if not him, then his lieutenants, you know. And then I realized I was looking at it another way where I realized well, we're looking at a gang here because all the evangelical pastors would meet and have lunch like every week. And one of them said, hey, we talk about you all the time, you and Trish like what's it going to take to 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 get you to uh put your shoulder to the wheel here and become one of us here in our church and i said i i, I don't quite understand is not is worshiping jesus enough for you or you want blood you want you want uh, you want people to sign on to, to the fact that you bugger children here are you looking the other way well what what exactly do you want well, we'd like to be able to blackmail you Z. <laughs> you know <laughs> so, you know, so we we understand then that you'll become a slave, and you won't give us any more problem. Yes, they want you to become a slave, and then they'll leave you alone and Jesus is not about slavery uh mr you know, and Chuck died in some in two thousand and thirteen, and they had a big uh Paddle out, all the surfers paddled out. The sur- the hippies became the surfers, right? So the surfers followed them. And they all went out at the Huntington Pier and they all had this big ceremony of saying goodbye to Chuck. And it was, it's, I don't know. I watched this. I couldn't even believe what I was watching. And they get this loser, this Jesus guy, the chosen guy, and he's, um, his character of, of Lonnie Frisbee is uh it's it's just it's 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 the most kind of unspiritual movie I've ever seen. It's just there just isn't any truth in it. And I don't understand. I don't see how they could actually make a movie that bad. Well, let me be specific, that empty of, you know, truth, of real truth. And, you know, I mean, they pray over a car to work and the car works. It's like, you know, you know, the, there's a lot. And I want to talk about this today. There's a lot of Christians out there that are just basically black magic part, practitioners. And they use prayer. It's really a satanic ritual. And they're using the prayer and they're saying Jesus. But what they're really doing is, 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 is uh, an extension of satanic control, of trying to control people and bring them into the hive and, you know, and, and, and make them give up. So they're just going to punish you until you finally give in and give up, and then, you know, another one bites the dust, uh, we got you, and then you're a slave, a cyborg, a robot. Well, you're as pathetic as our public is, and you're as apathetic as the public is, okay? If you like that, that's what Christianity in America is. It's shut up, become a slave of whatever organization become a soldier in expanding that organization as a business, you know, get on the Joel Alstein bandwagon of money, 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 and then at some point, you know, they promise you, you know, you'll be free because, you know, the, the churches are a gateway to employment. They're a gateway to, you know, being connected with society. And if you don't do what they say, they can, uh, you know, gaslight the F F out of you. You know what I mean? Like set you up for a job and then pull it away and, you know, just break your spirit. Mm. And then when your spirit's broken, then they go, oh, what's wrong? Come on in here and tell us about it. And, hey, we better have a visit to your home. There may be some demonic objects on the wall that we need to get rid of. You see what I mean, and then they worm their way in, and uh they're looking for souls, man, not for Jesus, they're looking for souls for their for their uh for their benefactor the devil, and so the entire Jesus movement was fake, they were calling it the biggest movement of Jesus since the uh, you know Golgotha you know since Palm Sunday, you know what I'm saying, and it was all one hundred percent fake. And its roots are fake. All rooted in money. All rooted in spectacle. And the hippies were, you know, just there to to create that buzz in the media. You know what I mean? To gather as many in as you could, you know, creating this Jesus movement, this Christ. And then that became sort of a new age Christ consciousness back then. It was actually the Jesus movement got tied in in the, it began in that year, 1972. When did I go to the Tent Revival? 1972. I went there. And what was the upshot of it? Um, and my my friend, who's a, a famous artist uh, now, took me to it and told me what Jesus had done for him. You know, and... Uh, all this great stuff of how he got his life straightened out. And I did everything you could do. I mean, I had my hands there. I was singing their songs. I was up there at the altar. I did whatever I could do to to get some help. I was desperately in need of help. And then they sent me to a commune after that. And eventually they sent me to uh, a college in, in Colorado where they, um, they um, you know, they they sabotage me with LSD and phenobarbital, but that that story was you know that's part of our you know that's that's a dark 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 side of society and the people that uh, that run it. You know the people that run it demand that you kill your kids if they don't go along with it to save face. Because the way it works in satanic circles is they're not going to punish the kids. They're going to punish you, the parents, for not reining that kid in. Meaning they just think they're like cattle. They're all the same. Well, I know God put me here. I really do come from God, 100%. In fact, when I died and came back, the first time, well, actually, it happened a couple of times, but uh, with the intentional you know, idea that these good people were going to get rid of me for the purpose of uh, setting the rumor around Los Angeles that I was dead and gone so that the, uh, there would be no punishment financially or uh, socially to these wonderful socialites that happened to be in my family. When I think of the atrocities, I'm just amazed that I, you know, I hope I'm, I hope I'm strong enough, just one person and one person's voice to be able to make any kind of difference, you know, and, and all the people now that are getting indoctrinated into the whole trans movement and all that. And the same thing back then with West Hollywood, with, with me trying to get me indoctrinated into that, that's another move they'll try. If you can go gay, then uh, you see that all is forgiven. I, I don't mean to sound so cynical. I understand if you're a young person listening to this, it could be pretty depressing because there really is no way out. They're everywhere, these people. You, you Again, you form a, a, a tulip society with more than two people as members or with two people you know, that meets every Wednesday at 7 o'clock at the uh, community center in town, right? And one of them will show up, a third, there'll be a third, you know, and they will sow division. You have a prayer meeting, same thing will happen. It's amazing our prayer meetings with Govinda were as successful as they were because they, they went, we went for a long time, several years, And eventually it kind of came to a natural end. You know, it doesn't mean it won't start up again, but, you know, things ebb and flow. And so, you know, we were blessed in that regard with that prayer meeting. Because usually what happens is somebody, well, people did show up and try to bust it up. And I, and I, you you know who they are. Some of you know their names. (laughs) How soon we forget. But I think, you know, after my daughter, um, you know, committed suicide. Everything kind of changed for me at that point. You know, as far as what the Zeph report is for and all that. It's there really just isn't any mystery here about any of this, is there? I mean, you know, this is all pretty you know, you don't tow the line, they 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 um they'll they'll gaslight you, they'll stalk you, they'll gang I mean, gang stalking is like is very common and has been around forever and, and it's it's like why was there ever a question about it? You know? Why did we ever I mean any, anybody that get, doesn't comply gets gangsta. Anyone that doesn't comply gets gas lit. Hey man. You're not getting enough attention? He's up he's up to his old He thinks I've talked enough, but today was pretty raw. So here's the problem. Okay, so in our literature, what's approved of in New York publishers is, um, you know, just it's, it's the most banal. I'm trying to come up with words that are... Woke that are bullshit. A lot of woke... Yeah, well, this, this whole thing of glorifying this rich guy with, by Harlan Coben, he's one of their darlings. I, I, I just couldn't even believe it. I, and I'm like, why are you wasting my time, dude? It's like you're, you're not my readership. My readership doesn't want to do thinking; they just want enter- to be entertained by a novel. And that's 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 what's happened to our society. The people just want to be entertained. They don't want to dig it. They wouldn't want to read Hemingway now. They wouldn't want to read you know, you know Scott Fitzgerald. They wouldn't want to read um, Herman Melville. They would right they wouldn't want to read any of those things um th- they wouldn't want to read you know the grapes of wrath you know john steinbeck they wouldn't want to read any any anything you know and i'm p- picking out literature that's left that's right that's you know on each end of the political spectrum and when it's good it transcends those the left right politics and all that and you know even if the guy's coming from there but So my search for a movie, um, I threw on the Jesus. I saw the Jesus revolution and I just thought, hey, the Jesus revolution, there I saw it was Greg Laurie, you know, who's, who's, they have a, Calvary Chapel has a, um, he's not Calvary Chapel, he's Harvest uh, Organization in Riverside, but he was in Maui and in Maui, they have a big Calvary Chapel in Kihei, which is right by Wailea, the resort area. So it's in Kihei, <clears throat> and um, and it's, uh, you know, fairly, you know, new. It looks very organized, very, very kind of a nice building. So they're right there, you know, wherever there's like, you know, because the surfers are really an important thing they want to, right? The hippies became the surfers, so they go after the surfers. And they've got a 1,000 of these Calvary chapels, you know, nationwide, <laughs> And um, people fall for it. You know, they, they like prosperity doctrine. What's the prosperity doctrine? It's the doctrine that says whatever you say with your lips will come to pass and that God really, in a sense, says God's not in control. And that's, you know, I agree to watch your tongue, and, but you're not bringing it to pass, idiot. God's will will be done. Over all our, our petty little, you know, ups and downs and cursing and blessing and everything else we do with our tongues, God is still sovereign over all of it. Just remember that, please. You know, but I also agree, yeah, that the tongue can be, a you know, a, a nasty thing. I've tried today, to, I've toned my tongue down when it comes to Chuck Smith and the whole thing. I've, I've softened it so much now, and even in the documentary, it's still. It's heavy, but it's 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 softer now it used to be uh you know like the, the screaming prophet on this on the hill, you know pointing and you know you better you know it, it, it um, you know it was uh not jonah you know it was more like elijah and elijah spirit was was animating me at the time and um You know, that's a no holds barred, no compromise. You know, that's like as close as a human can get to Jesus, that would be Elijah. Right? That's John the Baptist, right? He's the precursor. That's the, if the church is ever straightened out in America, it will be the spirit of Elijah that will actually make that happen. And God would send that. And so let's just talk about it in those terms because that's really where I live. And, um, you know, this, um, oh God, it just, it felt like I was watching a training for the psychic phone network is what it looked like to me with their, their, um, their prayers and their, that I'm not, you know, and believe me, I'm not there to mock them for the hell of it. I'm, I'm saying something with the hope that they will, you know, repent of the world and, you know, step out of out of it and be separate like everybody has to be and take the persecution and stop making, you know, millions, millions of dollars on all these building deals and start focusing on souls. You know, that would be that would be helpful. Because they've misled generations of people. And Greg Lurie is at the heart of it with his he's trying to be like Billy Graham, you know, at the big stadium, you know, with his big harvest crusades. And with, the, with his music business and all that other stuff, and it just devolved into this big, you know, world system, you know, satanic blessed thing. And um, I don't know, man. I, I guess the warning here is, you know, don't love money. Don't love money and don't love power. Because a human being really has neither. You've got what God will give you. And God has us each on different trajectories. And the um, amount of money and the amount of uh, power and all that is distributed as God sees fit based on what he's doing with his creation. If we would pay more attention to God's will rather than our own, the, you know, a lot of this Calvary Chapel stuff would be ameliorated, you know, They just wanted to show big numbers in Time Magazine, right? God is not dead. Look at all these hippies that got off drugs, and now they're Jesus freaks, and they're expanding the Calvary chapels, and they're recruiting people right and left. It really is a viable alternative. Even my friend in the neighborhood at the suggestion, of course, of psychiatrists and parents and everybody else, yeah, take Woody down there. Maybe it'll make a difference. I think what my mother thought is that the church the church if if I went there, because she was all for that, you know, if I went there, then maybe, you know, uh a miracle would happen and I would be changed. And then I could be welcomed into society. You see, because she said that's what church is for. Church is there, right, to, to you know, to not necessarily control people, but have a culture of control of what's good, what's you know what's right and wrong, and and, and uh, you know, forgiveness of sins, and you know not being judgmental and looking the other way on things like pedophilia and human trafficking, and uh, you know not being too judgmental about stuff like that, and not being judgmental about you know people that wind up being tortured by Christians because of the fact that uh, they're not you know going along with Satan. It's hard to wrap your mind around. It's it's hard to understand how these people got so twisted that they don't even know that they got a problem. They don't even know it. They're lost and they don't know it. When their last day comes, they're not going to even know why they lived. And you know what? They may That may be the last chance they get, and they may have blown it. I mean, I can't speak for God in that regard because, you know, he's got us each on our own mission. But I know one thing. Uh, well, like when I got sick, people say, well, you know, you, you know, you, you know the ones who are salivating over my, 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 uh, you know, my problem, what they don't understand is I went like three or four years with God's strength you know, playing while sick, you know, keeping on with Crazed House, keeping on with, you know, everything that I was trying to do since my daughter's death, since her death, I, I, my health really went downhill, you know, and um, people, the Job's friends came around, it's like, you know, don't don't you feel you should, you know, give it up and repent, and, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, like, do you acknowledge now you're on the wrong path? I mean, I've had, had people... In the world, who are like like Aleister Crowleyites, tell, uh, telling me that? And the answer is no. I have no regret whatsoever. If I died now, today, or back uh, to a couple weeks ago, or whatever, uh, I'd be, you know, that I did my best. Absolutely, I could stand before God. It doesn't mean that I was a bad guy. So therefore, take me like I didn't do a deal with so and so. I didn't, you know, I. I said something and someone was offended so therefore look I'm being punished. I don't look at it that way. I look at it like my life and whatever I get my death everything comes from the almighty God. It comes from the Lord, it comes from Jesus, you know? And so there's no shame in dying. There's no shame in being sick. That doesn't mean I you know like Job, you know, don't you think you, you're doing it wrong with God and that's why you've got all these sores all over your body? Wrong. It's, it's that, you know what? the Sickness is a good way to realign your faith too, to become bolder, to really understand what it's all about because uh, all you've got when you're facing death in a situation like that and you've got all these unhelpful nurses and doctors around you, all you've got is your faith at that point. You know you're surrounded by you know, might as well be the enemy, right? That's all you've got is your. No, no, they're not. Florence, there is no Florence Nightingale anymore. But all you've got is your faith, especially when you're surrounded by people that just don't see it your way. You know you you get you're okay. Let's let's do another biblical uh, you know truth. You get wounded in the house. You know, of your friends, they feel you should be punished because you didn't do this or you did do that or you didn't or you, right? Or you, you know, you've got a your past woman scorned or you've got this or that or some some row, some disagreement, something happened. Various people out there, and it's like, ah, finally getting his comeuppance. He's finally getting in trouble. See, it's. <laughs> And the answer is no, I've had a, I've had a great run. Um, you know, I've been on this uh, on this, this uh, path of God for a long time, I had many, many encounters and many experiences and many many divine encounters and many and many uh, revelations and many prophetic words and prophetic healing and all kinds of stuff. I'm definitely blessed. I've been blessed with a lot of uh, spiritual gifts. And when God's ready to pull that back and leave the earth, with, if you take me out of here, you're going to be, uh, you'll be noticeably less, less spiritual. There's no spirituality going on now. It's just people like me here and there. I don't, you know, I'll, you know who you are out there. So, right. It's, I know a few of you and we're all in the same, we're like in the same family, right? We're on the same page. Exactly. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge that, you know, you have gifts and I have gifts. So if I talk about my gifts, it doesn't mean I'm, you know, not acknowledging your gifts. It's just every once in a while, you've got, it's you not tuning your own horn either. Pride up before a fall. What you're doing is acknowledging so people know that you're aware of your gifts. You're aware of what God has done in you, to you, about what God expects of you. And, um... You know, it's very specific. We have to remind ourselves of that. I think it's really good when we tell ourselves what gifts we have. Gift of revelation, you know, gift of, you know, word gift, healing gift, Um, forgiveness gift. Forgiveness is a very powerful tool. And uh, all the times I had to survive... In the past, that, that uh, it didn't come from me, but I got filled with the Holy Spirit when they' were all around me, and then I just I, I remember that in both cases, especially when the, in the kidnapping one with the wonderful cavalry people, who would just say, "Oh, that's a paranoid lunatic, Zeph, you know ranting, and he got kicked out of here, so you know he's bitter. And I was like, "No, that's not it at all." But I just started complimenting them., you know, I, not me, but that Holy Spirit was giving me words overrode my will, overrode my vocal cords. So I was speaking something that, you know, was just like, not me at all, but it got me to my motorcycle outside and I was able to get away and I never went back. Trish even knew. She was gotten up in the middle of the night and said, you better pray for your husband because I thought it was just a prayer meeting. I didn't realize it was going to be this giant, you know, uh, you know, ambush, you know, and, and, and I'm I'm like, you know, you're so great. You're so great. Oh, I love the, what great sermon. You know, it was great to have this prayer meeting. You guys are all so great giving up your time this morning to to help, you know, ignorant people like me, you know. And, <laughs> and it's like, oh, God, they weren't expecting that. And then kind of backed up and I was able to get out that door. Since then, I see the pastor that was here at that time. I wouldn't even call him a pastor. You know, this imposter, this you know imposter imposter. Uh, I, I found him. He was up in some island in, in in the Seattle area, one of the islands out there. You know, having a little internet business. You know, and, and doing still doing his sort of God thing, but doing it more not as you know a central pastor. He he. I guess they they moved, and I said that's exactly what i expect he's hiding out up there you know he's in a remote nowhere location but i did find him and you know uh his kids looked all wrong too i remember he brought them over for he wanted to inspect our house and all this stuff and they looked like they had been beaten or been you know severely abused you know what i mean and they didn't look like they had been sleeping and i just was like gosh someone should report this guy you know and uh maybe, maybe maybe i'm just you know ill perceiving it but uh not remembering it right but i mean I've, I've noticed that on more than one occasion and um you know then i also had testimony from another guy that was in there and they were harassing him to get into some sex thing in the youth group and i'm like oh man then don't go back don't go back because they they want to initiate you into, into the satanic uh you know cult you know, Chuck Smith was basically the leader of a cult. He was a smart young
1: man. He really had the Holy Spirit. And right. He had brought his mother to Christ. He was Jewish. Young Jewish boy.
0: Yeah.
1: We gave him a ride home. Yeah, he was one of those Jewish. And he, he told us
0: Jewish what, what they
1: wanted to do. What, what, they, what they wanted him to do. It was satanic.
0: Right. Was and
1: a, we just said, don't go back. But-
0: it was a hazing initiation that involved him taking his clothes off in front of them. Have you ever heard of something like that with Jesus? Well, at Calvary Chapel, it's, it, it, you better be on that page or they'll do to you what they did to my brother, Rick. Rick died at 33. Well, it was a very interesting date. Rick volunteered his time at the St. James, the Saint James um, Church in La Jolla. And they uh, banished him from the the church. He was doing free, you know, like maintenance, and he was doing some gardening or did did something. We we were cleaning the toilets. We were cleaning the toilets. We never got promoted beyond that. That, That's all they let us do: clean their shit up, and you know, treating us like third-class citizens. No English, no English, but. Yeah, my brother was, there he was, St. James by the Sea. Yes, the name of it. You can look it up. It's in La Jolla, California. It's a suburb of San Diego. So here he was, and they and they actually banned him from the church because he's a pure heart. He was always a pure, he was autistic. And uh, being autistic, he, you know, was kind of strange. He was very, very pure hearted, like, if you asked him, you know, someone would ask him for a, you know, a dime to make a phone call way back when, he would go put the, the dime in the phone and wait for the guy to make the call just to make sure that that's what it was for. See, that's an autistic thing if you understand autism. Do you know what I mean? And they tortured Rick. They kept trying to you know, make him fit in. At one point, uh, he was sent to a boarding school in, in Maine. Uh, and the hazing got so bad that the uh, headmaster had to take him in to their own home. And then then from there he went to uh, a long-term mental hospital. So, you know, and then he he thought he was John Lennon at one point and that his girlfriend was Yoko Ono. (laughs) And then he got married and he had some real estate stuff going. He had some success. But, um, you know, at the hands of this... uh, you know, prostitute that he married, Um, you know, eventually she bumped him off. And the reason I know that is because um, my my own mother won a lawsuit for a wrongful death. Uh, And uh, it was a substantial amount of money, like around a million dollars. Yep. You can't make this shit up. It's just too bizarre. And um, so we had a detective and we tried to find out more and more about what happened, you know, how did he die? And, you know, to the best of what we think is we think that he was just being fed slowly poison and he was just slowly poisoned over time. And there's a lot of deaths like that. And, well, there is no family left for me. They're all dead. So I've done my thing. You know, they're all dead and gone and uh, all tragic, every one of them, even if they're on the side of evil and Satan's side, still tragic, that you wasted your whole life. You wasted your whole life trying to fit in and be a socialite. And then when times got tough and you start, when the body starts breaking down, and people aren't having fun like they did out of you know, their sororities and fraternities and going to the ball games and all that, and then suddenly, everything's different now. You know, and uh, everybody has got the knife out. Everybody's stabbing everybody in the back. No loyalty anywhere. Until finally, in my father's case, he just, he told me, <laughs> this uh, the prophetic, he, he was at Cedars-Sinai, and I I went there, and, he, and I was there quite a bit, actually. And he told me that uh, the nurses were mean, and he just wanted to die to get away from them, and then he did. And I didn't really believe that because I had no experience with these nurses. And then finally I had my own experience. I'm like, I know exactly what he's talking about. Mean as hell. Real mean. And rude. And uncaring. And sick. You know, meaning sadistic. So with that as our society, society, I'm the guy that ruins the whole thing. That's my job, to ruin society. To point out that the thing is a joke to begin with, and as you can see now, it's complete clown world. So here's some of the things that that you know we, we need to talk about. And all this stuff is due. Someone that says I say the same thing every time, I don't. It, the topic changes as we go, but I recount these stories. I recount usually in other details than than what I had said before, and all of them are important for other people to hear because, you know, uh, other people... All of this, I guarantee you, is going on in your own family. You just haven't detected it yet. And they're starting to figure that out, that what I'm saying is universal truths here. These are uni- This is the way everybody acts. They're trying to make, like, the documentary that we did, they're trying to make it, like, It's, it's, you know, the Keith family that did, you know, that were were the evil people. They don't realize it's citywide. It's, it's Los Angeles wide. It's nationwide. It's worldwide. Anything that happened to me is universal. It would happen to anybody in any town, in any city, at any income strata. But more so when you're dealing with high society and socialites and, Glamour and Hollywood and all that shit. Aren't you glad that Hollywood is finally collapsing? Oh, man. And, I, you know, the, the, these actors, I really just don't feel sorry for them at all. And as far as the other people that that uh, make the films happen, they're not, no one's putting a gun to their head. They don't have to be there doing that. If they're not getting enough money, they can go do something else if they want to complain about it. Because right now, the way it is, is streaming is going to kill Hollywood? Okay, so here's the truth about Hollywood. Hollywood is dying and has lost billions and millions of dollars from streaming. People are cutting their providers. They're cutting the cables. The cable, the cable uh, TV is going bye bye. So everybody's cut their satellites and their cables. Well, they have to have an internet connection, but I mean that's basically it. Everyone has gone streaming, and they, cannot make, they can't make any money. They can make some money, but then now the, the actors want to share in those revenues, and that revenue doesn't pay for the studio overhead. So they're basically toast. Netflix is toast. Prime is a charity case. And you can tell by the movies they do, like this Jesus revolution. This is pathetic. I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's amazing. But I'll tell you the people that people are going to survive. It's going to be stations like, back to stations, where you also get live TV, people like live TV. Well, on Tubi, for example, I can watch my movie, which has been very popular over there, and I can go watch live news anywhere, Atlanta, you know, I can watch Fox in, in any city, I can watch any live news feed I want, you know, nationwide pretty much, without a provider. I can watch uh sports. I can watch everything on So Tubi when Tubi bought our film they had a lot of money. You know, they had a lot of money to kick around. But they just did. And then there's another one, Plex. Plex is kind of my platform. So these are the new platforms. I don't know if you want to call Tubi Hollywood. But what it is, it's the old platform. The way Tubi makes money is through advertising. Do I mind if I'm watching, say I'm watching Girl Next and they have the best mix on there, the best sound of Girl Next, the best picture and high quality. So I'm watching it and all of a sudden a commercial comes up. By that time, I don't care. I go take a break, go to the bathroom, whatever, come back and, uh, you know, resume. Um, Just like in the old days. I mean, I'm almost... As long as they don't do too many commercials, you know they blo- they put them in blocks. You know what I mean. So it's just like a, you know a scheduled break, and they tell you when it's going to come up. And most people don't mind that because you get all the content for free. You know they've got a whole Kubrick collection over there, so I can watch any of the Kubrick movies I want anytime for free. Just tap it on. I'm not getting charged five ninety nine. I'm not having to pay three ninety nine or six ninety nine or God forbid twenty bucks for a first run. You know that's that's now in the theaters. Nobody cares about the theaters anymore, anyway. You know, people go, but it's like kind of like remember going to the theater, like when you were young. You know, you go to the, to, I mean, the theatrical theater, theater for plays. You know, right? You know, how that just became this sort of separate kind of art that like special kind of hoity-toity thing. You like, you go to a concert, you know, with the L.A. Philharmonic, or you go to a, you know. Well, the the you know the uh, death of a salesman, you, you know uh, a play with uh, you know what's they you know you know whoever the actors are, and they're playing it in L.A. It's going to be in you know on Broadway or whatever. That's become this sort of sideline thing. Nobody goes to the theater. It's too expensive anyway. So uh, they love being able to flip over to live TV and then flip back to whatever every movie in the world is on Tubi so you can see anything. And um, their revenue comes from advertisers. So that model is what Hollywood would have to do to survive to go, they'd have to go back to that. Will they go back to that or will they cuz if they charge you they're going to go they're going to go broke. People are not going to pay. I'm cutting the di- I've got Dish uh, in the house, I've got dish on my uh, RV. I'm cutting both of them permanently. And I'm just going to go with, uh, you know, the, 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 Starlink, uh, cause I, we have no cable here, but I got a Starlink satellite uplink and I'll just go with that. And, uh, you know, I'll throw on Tubi or in whatever else. There's so much to watch, so much going on. I watch it on my a big iPad. I watch it on the TV. I project it from the phone to the TV, whatever. So all this kind of built-in home theater and all this kind of stuff is also, you know, ephemeral. All the movie theaters are completely ephemeral. People are not going to go back to the movie theaters. They keep touting the box office as being, oh, it's really going great, but it's it's going to become a thing of the past. It really will. It may, it may take another, you know, fifteen years, but it will. Eventually, people are not going to want to pay you know, 20 bucks to get in there and then another, you know, 15, 20 bucks for, for food. Uh, they're just, they don't have the money anyway. So they're not going, the Regal Theater, the Re, we have a Regal 14 Theater here, and it shut down you know, after the COVID, but it, it it went for a while after COVID, then it shut down. They couldn't, people didn't go back. And I suspect that's happening all over the place. I mean, they're reporting, you know, I get box office pro in my email. So I. they're all saying, oh, we're back, we're back 100%, Mission Impossible, piece of garbage film, probably. I don't know, I watched some of it. I, You know, I thought it was going to be... I guess you have to see it on the big screen. You know, sort of, sort of like Fast and Furious or whatever. I'm sick of all of it. I'm sick of all of it. I'm sick of Tom Cruise. I really am. And I'm, I'm sick of them all, you know, because the reason is because you know we've invested a lot of money in these people in these stars and they've given us very little in return and um you know the the the, the studios have given us very little amazon gives us almost nothing and and uh, netflix is is uh, you know except for their documentaries is pretty much nil so what do you do right I remember I when I was looking forward to I used to look forward to some of these you know movies and I back when Netflix was you'd have to buy like I bought the whole series at 24 remember 24 with Kiefer Sutherland and and, and Lost and you you'd play the disc over to you know the you'd binge watch the whole thing on discs on, on DVDs uh, you know they had a pretty good model going then but now the stock price being at uh what is it up in the uh, hundreds somewhere 200, 300, 400, whatever, whatever it is, that stock price is going to collapse down to about half very soon. Or if more, if not more, probably probably fall 75%. Um, And I'd be, you know, because of all the people cutting the cable, I would, I would definitely um, cut the uh, pay for play streamers. Now there's a lot of content on Netflix by being a member, but you still pay. You know, I, again, like I'm like my friend, like Larry, the, our, uh, you know, uh, partner in Craig's house. He uh, he likes to be a lot because not only does our movie pop up, you know, you know, right in the front. Uh, but, uh, you know, everything pops up, anything you want, including the live TV. And so it's just like. Well, gee, this is really a, you know hundreds and hundreds and thousands of choices, and uh, I don't have to pay a dime. So, you know uh, that you know fifteen dollars a month. What is the Netflix? It's like fifteen twenty bucks a month. Whatever it is, it's too much for most most families now. We're in a like I said, I believe we're in a depression where the media is lying about it, and the people have just. We went into um, the, the, this is wine store here, and I noticed the prices had doubled on everything. Like cheap Chianti wine is you know twenty four dollars a bottle. I'm like I'm not going to drink that. You know, it's, it's 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 ridiculous. Any kind of spirits too are, uh, you know, uh, you, you know just just skyrocketing in in, in prices. Same thing is happening in the grocery store with, uh, with uh, uh, you know, food. This is all by design to squeeze people away from uh, things like eating meat. It's it's just, it's through the roof. To squeeze people away from, uh, you know, from everything. They're, they're, you know, you've got Larry Fink of BlackRock. Larry Fink, look him up, I, you know. At one point, he was following me on Twitter. He actually followed me until he realized that I was, you know, Dissing him, but I mean, he was following me. Um, Larry Fink is an absolute idiot, but he is a powerful idiot. He has, um, you know, trillions of dollars, and he can force anybody in any nation to do what he wants it to do, which is basically push the pedophilia number one, push the transgender uh, movement, which is basically cooked up by you know DARPA and you know and you know your your friends in the military industrial complex uh push all the perversions push the you know basically every everything that they do outlaw christianity burn people at the stake whatever throw people in jail forever for nothing um you know that's basically what the guy pushes you know social credit score uh, debank people that have an opinion if they if you see a uh uh, you know, a post on Facebook that you don't like, you could now say, well, your money's worthless, you can't, you know, you go to buy some ammo, they say, no, we don't want you to buy that. So they, they control every aspect of your life. And they're working hard for that. And working to, I think the plan is to bankrupt the dollar with the new gold backed currency, which Biden is contributing to. So once the dollar is bankrupt, now you got everybody, everybody dependent, and sick, and in food lines, like like uh, 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 you know, the, the, which is what they want. And then bring in the digital social credit score currency and start coming in with the uh, that you get so much, you know, the universal income, all that stuff. Start bringing that in when the when the dollar bankrupts, and and that. So they're they're working actively to get it broken by using gold to back this other currency and taking gold away from us. Don't you see you're living in prison? You have no life. None of you have a life. Your life, you're already dead. So you might as well do something. You know, say something. Even if you get punished for it. Right? I mean, aren't we supposed to be, you know, some of us martyrs? And, um, you know, that's... I mean, I don't have any life. You know, if I don't say something here on the F Report, I feel like I have no life. I feel like, you know, they're just doing everything. We're doing nothing. Right now, there's hundreds of millions of people who are going to die from starvation. And nobody, you know, Bill Gates caused it all, along with his buddies. Nobody cares. No one even bats an eye. They're more concerned with, you know, uh, y- y- you know, uh, the, the uh, who's politically correct and who needs to be canceled. They're more concerned with Donald Trump. Now, Trump may not be popular, as popular as he was, because, hey, Trish, hey, Okay, got a problem. Yeah. Ben's isn't having it. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to get off the... Okay. I've, I've exhausted the, everything. I, help now. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. I've got cuts that... Because of the medication I'm on, I've got cuts that don't heal. If I get cut too much, i got to drive down to the hospital and have them help me. Isn't that nice? But they're going to make it a requirement to have you know masks and you know and uh, and all that very soon. And uh, it shouldn't be, folks. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. None of this should be. This isn't there. Are they on? Okay. So let me start with my. And I. I'm starting to get frustrated here. I just you know i mean you all have a life you're all connected with god and you know everything you say and everything you do is is helpful but technically we don't have a life do you know what i mean in, in a technical way we're in a prison situation right we just we just haven't been shot at the bars but we're all kind of hunkered down and the more they take the money away the more we we're we're, we're you know Obviously, hunkered down, and then we can't. There's not much we can do without money. So that's kind of where it's heading. And and so here's my my plea, my question, and my plea: Are they all omnipotent? Are they gods? Are we helpless? You mean to tell me that billions of people are helpless, and like you know, a couple hundred assholes are are, are omnipotent, and they? will dictate what the billions will do. In fact, they'll go kill the billions and laugh about it and no one will do anything. Isn't there any UX military? Don't you have are there Wolverines? Is they're not even that. There's not even Wolverines. They just so they're going to walk in and take it. They're going to take your 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 children. Eventually they're going to take the women and they're going to turn the men into women and you know basically uh, eliminate the any kind of decorum, family, um, you know, values, any kind of values whatsoever, and make it all nihilistic and and basically pit one group against another and uh, sit there and laugh about it while they, you know, eat caviar out on uh, Martha's Vineyard. I mean, that's what, is there any way to, I'm so frustrated from this. I think I'm hanging around because I'm going to see it turn around. Lord, I just pray for some hope here. Things are getting really, really, really bad. People are not being able to pay their bills. People are not being able to put nutrition on the table for their children. People are having medical uh, problems and they can't take care of them because there are no doctors and are any good. People are realizing now that uh, they're stuck in this facade that is uh, pure torture and pure slavery. That if they don't do what they're told, they could just be killed, they could be eliminated. People are very, very, uh, uh, you know, much in denial, but Lord, I just ask that you just lead some of us then into saying or doing the thing, whatever it would take to turn it around. I mean, back then you had the Jesus movement So that's one thing I did see. There are thousands and thousands of kids. Just everybody became a Jesus freak. What happened to that? I'll tell you what happened to that. It wasn't real, (laughs) for one thing. But see, that's what they're afraid of, anything like that, any kind of movement like that. A real revival would be just absolutely horrifying. I just, short of that, I don't know what you can do. They have all the guns and weapons. There's really no, no, nothing, you know, I'm, we're, we barely have any, any ammo. We barely have any guns. We barely have any, any way of fighting back. We, we barely have any a way to defend ourselves. If they decide to come after you, there's not not much anyone can do. So we watch our brothers and sisters, you know, dying around the world. And then we try not to get too depressed and and try not to kill ourselves. Meanwhile, it gets worse every day. So we need direction from the Most High God. Lord, we just pray for direction. You're number one. You're sovereign. Your way or the highway, we know that. We know that whatever hopes and dreams you put in us are from you. We know that most everything that we think through our consciousness is from you. We know that every good thing that we have is from you, period. So we ask today to align with your will, Lord, which is joy, that you would guide our steps as to how to help this situation. And I know you are the author of miracles that you could turn the entire thing around. You could do that. You could do that without any effort whatsoever. You could just get in their heads and make them stop. You could use us and make us make them stop. And I want to put forth the Sodom and Gomorrah argument. There are more righteous in America. I don't know about Europe or anyone else, but in America I know there are more righteous percentage wise than there were in than there was in Sodom. When Abram was trying to get you to spare the place, it got, I think, down to 10, and then you walked away. So it's like anything above 10. 10 would have been a certain percentage of about 100,000 people. I say there are more in your remnant here than, 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 uh, than we all know. Just because we're not all connected doesn't mean that that remnant doesn't exist. So I ask you, Lord, to spare the people here and to help them, because you're never going to have more than a remnant, right? That's good. I mean, until the very end when every knee will bow, because there is no alternative. But as long as there's an alternative, they're going to choose against you. You know that. And then the third that follows you, they're going to be with you through thick and thin, through suicides and death disease and everything else, I pray right now to stop the COVID. I pray right now to stop the vaccine. I pray right now to stop all this. And lend lend your voice to mine, people. We we pray as one to stop all this and lead us. Lord, lead us to your promised land. Lead us to the the uh those uh those fertile fields of endless grain and and uh and the end of toil. Lead us to that and in exchange, we're loyal to you. In Jesus' name. You know, the thing about, uh, they're praying in this, uh, Jesus Revolution movie is they're playing, praying in Jesus' name. <laughs> um, they're doing that typical evangelical type of, uh, song and dance and, uh, it's just, it's very disturbing. I actually felt like I, you know, kind of, how did you feel watching? I felt kind of like I needed a shower.
1: Yeah, it, it was, you know, it's so interesting because they could say all the right words, you know. Yeah, but they don't but mean it, had, it. But it doesn't have the spirit, the real spirit.
0: Right, it's dead. That movie was dead, 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 dead at a doornail.
1: Yeah, it was, it was,
0: Dead spirit.
1: It was interesting to see it, and…
0: But all those people, <laughs> g- gathering all these people, and all those baptisms, and all that that hoopla, and all those articles written up in Time magazine, and all that stuff, a big nothing… Well… Uh, unless you just don't believe me, and then you can we go. Remember, I remember
1: when we first went to the Calvary Chapel. They had the windows blacked out. Right. They had was like a, a masonic. Uh, right. They couldn't. A, they
0: couldn't afford for people to be looking in when they're doing their nasty stuff at midnight. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's like that.
1: I was Not like, really why are we going to this church?
0: God had us do a work there. I guess. We added that FBI agent, and he was there spying on people, keeping dossiers.
1: I remember, uh, and, and and and
0: even when we outed him, they all missed him. They were like, "Oh no!" You know, I'm like, D- "Dude, he's spying on you." We don't care; was our brother.
1: He was an elder.
0: He was A an elder. Respected elder, right? And, and, and he
1: and met us the very first day.
0: And he goes, "I don't at like the people." Door.
1: He goes, "I'm really asking God to help me with my with my uh, problem of." Of just not being able to handle people who don't conform. <laughs> That's what he said to us before we even stepped into the church. He spotted us right away.
0: Well, He's it's like, not, oh, I just, not hard really to see. We were the heart only heartache ones heartache. there with the Holy Spirit.
1: Except for the other janitors.
0: Yeah, if you if you have the Holy Spirit, then they spot you they right away.
1: They were upset when we, when we left. They go, Nobody
0: there had the Holy Spirit.
1: Except for the other janitors.
0: Except for the janitors. Other than that, that was it. If you conform, you don't have the Holy Spirit, period, 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 full stop, and total logic, total truth, 100%, wouldn't lie to you, that's the way it is. Oh, if it's that way, Zeph. I'm going to kill myself. Well, you go ahead and kill yourself then. It's not on me. You can't handle the truth, that's your problem. Why don't you try worshiping the Lord for a change, rather than acting like you're so religious? (laughs) okay you're done with it you're done with me. okay that's it he's 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 really he's really barking up a storm so folks i love you i'm praying for you i'm 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 trying my best to talk about all this stuff but i mean it's i don't know what to do about the fact that they seem omnipotent they really do they seem to be able to do whatever they want we have no say they have every say uh, we have no justice. They have all the justice. We have, you know, eventually they have all the money. We have no money. Eventually they have all the opportunity. We have nothing. And um, I, it's going to get so desperate in these cities that, you know, right now it's getting more and more violent. You know, like people are being, well, one one guy was mugged. He was a newlywed and he was in a posh hotel in Manhattan and the mugger came right into the hotel and beat him up. <laughs> you know, it's it's right, in, and, and he and he didn't get in trouble. You see, none of them get in trouble. They they do a carjacking, right? That everywhere you you drive that car somewhere in you know a city like I'd say even Albuquerque down here, and I, I love Albuquerque is one of my favorite. Uh, mediocre cities you know it's a mediocre city which is what i like about it it's just there's no airs, there's no hoity-toity you know stuck up uh snobby vibe there you know and uh just just you know more folks it just seemed to me to be kind of normal people and or at least that's the way it was but now it's turned into a you know a cartel shootout zone on uh, central avenue especially up by the uh I guess up by the uh the uh, the I forty as you as you go up uh out of Albuquerque up to the uh you know, up to what was that first turnoff? It's uh Sandia area. And then eventually that leads to uh Santa Rosa. So the thing about it is is that uh, you know, once well you know, they're having all these shootouts and you know the police are Doing what they can, I remember the police also are not exactly uncorrupt. They, they had this homeless guy that was camping up on Sandia It weren't supposed to be this it's a you know Indian reservation or Pueblo the Sandia Pueblo, I guess it was on you know so he was, he was homeless and he was just kind of hiking up there and just kind of living in a tent, and they just used him for target practice, and nothing ever happened to him. There was not even a reprimand, and then we know the governor has been moving—you know—rounding up homeless, moving and we don't know where she puts people, moving old people, moving people with this COVID thing. She's moving. She had—you know—there's a bunch of shelters here, which we would look at as FEMA centers, FEMA camp. Right now, they're filled with uh, with the, the immigrants. That's that's who are filling up. All the FEMA facilities are being used by the the buses are going there. Because they can feed people and you know eventually move them into society, um, these people are serious. They they want a one-party system, and they want a dictatorship, and they want these these immigrants to to agree to it and enforce it, and um, they want uh, the no birth rate with with white people, and they want to turn all males into uh, women, and uh, you know and and they want to push open pedophilia, so it's open everywhere. So. Remember, kids don't have to consent. When there's an adult wants to have sex with a kid, the kid has to go along with it because one's an adult, one's a kid. There's consent between adults, but not between a child and and an adult. And that's what they're hiding. That's what NAMBLA is hiding. But they're waiting for the uh, time where they can say, okay, you know, drop your drawers and bend over and the kid has to do it or he gets in trouble. And so that's going to be open, that'll be in our schools, that'll be in our, in our churches, that'll be everywhere, you know, along with the, uh, you know, the mRNA and, and all the rest of it, which won't be given to the uh, illegals coming in. They will not be getting uh, COVID shots. And how much further do you want to go? I've just, you know, I've just kind of done a summary of what all the pontificators out there are saying. I've done a summary of what all the predictors out there have been saying. There's nothing more for me to add. I just did it in a very short period of time. The question becomes one of will. You know, do we have any will left? And most people I know say they can't even take care of themselves. So it's it's coming down to a, a, a you know you we're just going to have to have a lot of faith. And I I I you know, we're going to have to have a lot. This is going to be a God thing. It's going to be like all God all the time. And frankly, I'm I'm ready for the challenge. You know what I mean? After you know, I've seen the worst of it in the in the you know, being on the edge of death in a hospital with nobody giving a damn about you. So I've seen you know so it it's all up from there <laughs> you know and when i say those things like giving no one giving a damn i'm i'm under i'm understating it okay i'm under, i mean i'm not going to the level of they really hate you there was a couple of good people yeah there's always a couple of good people but you know in general the, the attitude is uh We're superior. We work for the drug company. Here, take this drug. You're a diabetic. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. Okay, everybody, we'll see you next time. God bless.